0: Hello and welcome to Find Your Center. I'm Kim Perrone, Certified Life Coach with the Center for Clarity, Compassion, and Contentment. I know that's a mouthful, so I call it Center 4C. But the name is meaningful and these qualities of clarity, compassion, and contentment are what we all need more of. So thank you for listening. I'm here Again with Tisha from the slightly Unpo- unmeditated podcast channel. Sorry about but,
1: but, but already starting. I'm 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 slightly unpodcasted. I have not heard that one yet. That's a new one.
0: Slightly unpodcasted. No, and uh, so happy to have you here. And I think you're going to really enjoy the topic today uh, because I thought let me talk a little bit about the books that have influenced my coaching. Um, I, I love the lessons in them. I love the authors. For most of them, I've read multiple uh, books of these authors. And I have to say that um, with Off the Shelf, when we've done the Off the Shelf podcast and we talk about books it was just so inspired I I really enjoyed doing that so I thought let me just talk about maybe the top 10 books that come to my mind that I utilize with clients and I and I learn from the concepts and I share them with people and people resonate so
1: much with it there's so many fascinating ones on here I'm I'm impressed Yeah, so spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking,
0: spiritually. And uh, what I was thinking, too, is the summer reading is coming up. And Mm -hmm. I thought, hey, why not have an inspired twist to your summer reading? So and that's not to say that if someone's not interested in reading, all of these could be on Audible. And it's such a great thing to be able to listen to books. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. Let me just
1: tell you especially when it's in the author who is doing the narration. Yes. I am getting so – we just did Super Attractor with Gabby Bernstein. I am I was listening to it today, it just randomly, chapter, chapter, because I knew I would hear what I needed to hear. And Audible has been a gift from God because <laughs> who knew I would enjoy listening to books, but it's the only way I can do it anymore.
0: It's a wonderful gift. Um, I am still reading quite, uh, quite a lot, but I will say that listening helps me get through more books. I take my self study as a coach very seriously, so I'm always doing a couple of books at the time, at the same time, couple of books that are work related, and then I like my fiction too every night before I go to sleep. So fiction or memoir. I love memoir as a genre. Mm. So with that, I'm just gonna, let's just jump right in here. And uh, so hopefully, this gives listeners a good idea of what they might start reading. The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. um, The Secret is basically the law of attraction, and that we don't really think a lot about that in our culture. We don't think a lot about trying to attract. And of course, this is what the off the shelf super attractor book by Gabrielle Bernstein is talking about as well. So there are many, many books. Um, I have a different book of hers on my list. But um, yes, but there are many books about the law of attraction. And the secret I feel like is a nice opener. So I actually put that first on my list because I thought, for someone who hasn't really delved into a lot of this material, it could be a nice beginning.
1: Uh, the secret was my introduction. So Debbie from Bubbles and Books, I remember this clear as day, telling me like, "Oh, there's this, there's this video you have to watch." And I sometimes I hate when people say that, like. I mean, now it's a different story, but I'm like, really? What? What do we have to watch? So I watched it. It was on YouTube. I like. I don't know if it was pirated. I don't know how I came to it that way. And that was it. Like that was like wow. But it was still a couple of years till I read Abraham Hicks, right? So that mm-hmm. so, but it was definitely eye opening. Like that gave me a whole new lease on life, and like possibilities. And The
0: Secret, so The Secret was the book, and then it went like wildfire, and then they made it a movie, and then I had seen the movie as well, so then they made it a movie. There's also a movie called What the Bleep Do We Know Anyway?, which is similar. It's about the law of attraction and, and really attracting what you want, putting your thoughts on what you want when it's so common that we put our thoughts on what we don't want. Because as we've said many times, when we talk about the ego, the ego doesn't want you to be disappointed. So your own ego wants to sort of manage your expectations. So it tends to think in negatives. Our thinking happens in negatives, but what we want to do is get into our being a little bit and actually actually use our being to make our thinking think about what we do want and bravely think about what we do want. Bravely think that things are gonna work out for us. And it's not delusional. Right. To think that no. things will work out or to th- bravely think about what we want.
1: Yeah, it's not delusional, selfish. <laughs> you know no. yeah, I know. I know.
0: So it's counter to the brain's negativity bias. That's what it is, because the brain has evolved to be alert to danger. That's how human beings have survived. But in modern times, we don't need that kind of being alert to danger. We don't need all that negative thinking. It slows us down and it interrupts our manifesting. So that's what this is about, too. The secret is put your thoughts on what you want. Beware of putting it too much on what you don't want, and Put that out to the universe, what you want. Don't put what you don't out to the universe. In fact, think of it this way. The universe doesn't hear the I don't want part. So it's just like, I yeah. don't want to lose my job. That's the thought we would have maybe when a reorganization's coming. Well, you know, we don't want to put that out there because it's the negative part of that com- That don't, I don't want this to happen. And I don't want that to happen is you putting your mind on that.
1: Yes. I I read I saw a meme today where uh, someone said you know treat the universe like Siri where you're just like you know <laughs> universe show me this you don't you don't ask your phone to not show you stuff right you say don't show me this video you ask for what you are looking for that is such a perfect example and a great
0: way to remember it yeah you wouldn't put it in, in your GPS where not to drive the car right <laughs> I think. We've touched on a whole line of thinking here that I'm
1: really going to enjoy. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes, we, yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's those little brain zingers that like resonate with me, and then I remember them. Like, I'll I'll start thinking what about what I don't want, and I'm like, wait, wait a second. Yeah, that's not what I'm putting in my cart today. I am putting what I want in my cart. That is great, and and it's. It's okay to catch your brain doing the
0: opposite. You are human. You know why it's happening, but you can reverse it. Get more conscious. If we can build more awareness, we can start moving to the positive and attract what we want like a magnet. And so I highly recommend listening to our super attractor Uh off-the-shelf podcast as well. If you really like this concept and want to grab onto it more, that's another whole book that's based on The Law of Attraction. Oh, it's such a good book. I know I keep saying that. I know. It's so exciting to me for you to have that reaction to that book as well. And it certainly is about manifesting and utilizing The Law of Attraction to manifest what you want in life. Another one of my favorites is The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. We did an off-the-shelf with that one, too.
1: Yes, you... And the whole time that we've been doing this together, you have mentioned that book more. Ta- like, I would say something, you say, that reminds me of The Untethered Soul. So many times that I ended up having to read it because I'm like, why does everything I say <laughs> keep reminding you of this book? <laughs> yeah, at
0: least like seven times I remember. So It's true. I find myself talking about Michael Singer a lot.
1: <laughs> I wonder if his ears are ringing. <laughs> I hope so. They have to be. He,
0: interestingly enough, has, the long awaited sequel to this book just came out like last week, Living Untethered. Mm -hmm. What? And so he wrote Untethered Soul, I'm thinking back in 2007, if I remember when I checked out the copyright date, I, I read it in 2014. But- he just came out with Living Untethered, which is a next step book. And basically, the point of what he writes about is the ego, the voice in our head, that thinking that's not who we are. We are the ones observing that thought. We are the ones having that thought. And if we've ever argued with ourselves about the thoughts that we're having,
1: Are you tangled in your cords there? No, I was laughing about the arguing with your thoughts
0: because that's a daily, on the daily. Yeah, right. So it's not just one voice, it's two voices. Then wait a minute, well, which one's yours? Mm. So they're both yours, but they're not the all of you. Your thinking isn't who you are. And the point of his book is to demonstrate that through his examples in a strong enough way that you start to get it and you go, yeah, I can relate to that. So I have these thoughts, but they're not necessarily true and they're not necessarily who I am. I am the one hearing those thoughts.
1: Mm. Life changing. <laughs> Life changing. Such no a one small has, thing, but huge. No why has no one told us this before, right? Right. This is critical
0: education for everyone. And when we live in a society that can be so stressed and everybody's trying to achieve and do the best they can and be the best person they can, you are absolutely right, Tisha. Why isn't this common knowledge? And I'll tell you something, in all honesty, when I started to formulate the idea of coaching, it was because I was reading these books And I said, this needs to be mainstream. This needs to be mainstreamed. This needs to go to main street. This needs to be brought out and summarized. I'm a communication professional before I'm a coach. And I, the synthesis, oh boy, trip over another word, synthesizing the information for people and integrating it into coaching and sharing it getting people to understand and take an interest and pique their interest and then lead them to actually read these books and how they can apply it to their life is just.
1: And the whole mission of the podcast, right? Both of them, all of them, all of the ones that we do, that is like the underlying. Yes. Because we have these on air epiphanies. Like when we hear those things where we're just like, yeah, you know, like (laughs) I want to make other people do that too. But also be able to incorporate that, like you're saying, into their life. And in the moment of like severe stress or anxiety, be able to go, oh, it's just my thoughts. It's Mm -hmm. thoughts. It's not me. Huge. Yeah. Someone could be sitting at their desk and all of a
0: sudden they start to have anxiety building and overwhelm and feeling heightened stress. I tell people, What thought were you just having when you have that experience, and maybe it's in your kitchen because there's so much housework. I mean, we can apply this to a lot of situations in life. All of a sudden, you feel yourself heightened stress level and something's rising for you. What were you just thinking? And if you trace back your thoughts, you are having a thought that caused that physical reaction in you.
1: Yes. Yes. A thousand, it just happened to be last night I was preparing to watch the last 40 minutes of Ozark and I but in my mind I had it like set up how the wind was gonna be blowing through the you know the window and it was gonna be like that perfect night and, all. and I'm sitting here getting ready and I just started getting like so anxious I don't even know what I was thinking at the time, but I had to like use all of my tools <laughs> at that moment to be like, everything's cool. You're you're here where you're supposed to be and kind of do a breathing thing. And I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> but it worked. It worked.
0: And what might've been happening was you had an image of a perfect moment and it didn't feel the way you thought it would. Exactly, you were expecting some real good vibes from that, right? You were you were expecting to feel really maybe giddy, happy. Yes, I'm going to sit down. It's going to be perfect. I'm going to be comfortable. And maybe that wasn't happening. Instead, you were getting anxious.
1: Yeah. So, so unsettled. you're you're. Like 80% right. It's the missing piece is that I have to learn that I'm not who I was. Mm. And so that the way things used to be aren't gonna make me feel the same way now. It's oh, that's
0: brilliant. And it's a great thing for listeners to hear. Thank you for giving me that example. Is that that might have been a good, exciting go to for you. Those those things that recharge us, which is great. We should know
1: what they are. But now yours are starting to alter. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. And it starts to give me anxiety if I over I become like existentially thinking, where I'm like, I I creep myself out, right? So I have to use those tools of uh I am not my thoughts. I'm separate from my thoughts. I'm just watching my thoughts go by kind of situation. and it And it works. I was talking to a friend today, and I'm like, I know this sounds woo-woo, <laughs> but when you breathe out, do it audibly. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why yeah. it works. You're moving energy. I'm like, I'm the last person to tell you to do some woo-woo shit. But here I am. I'm doing it, and I'm telling you to do it. And then I'm like, who am I? What is happening? (laughs) I love it. I love it.
0: And the interesting thing, and I just had this thought, if Michael Singer were here and he was part of our conversation, he would say that that was the ego trying to pull it back to itself, meaning... What you used to enjoy, which recharged you, all of a sudden hmm, wasn't feeling the same as you expected. You had this expectation, and then it started to make you feel unsettled. And you are the observer of all of that. It was bringing perhaps, it back to itself, your ego. Perhaps,
1: perhaps I felt untethered. Yes,
0: there you go, unsettled,
1: untethered.
0: That's it. Very
1: but good. The- yeah, I was not expecting to have, have this exact conversation, but exactly what I needed to have this conversation. So thank you for
0: that. That's excellent, you know, as you pointed out. And it is so true because I do like to, when I can attribute, when I refer to things, attribute to the author, the lines they use, things like that. So another great favorite of mine is Brene Brown's Gifts of Imperfection. And if anyone is listening and has not read this book, it is amazing. I think it's an absolute essential read. And Brene picks up on research that Abraham Maslow did back in the 60s when he started to advocate for positive psychology, meaning why are we just studying abnormal psychology? Meaning, what are the problematic things? The people who need psychiatric care, the things that aren't normal, abnormal psychology. Why don't we start studying what pe- really successful, well-adjusted, very happy people are doing? What are they doing? And so was born positive psychology.
1: When when was this? Like in the eighteen hundreds, or <laughs> no, like the sixties.
0: What? Yeah. Not, not that long ago. Uh, Not that long ago. So Abraham Maslow created, um, the hierarchy of needs, meaning if you don't have food and shelter, you can't be trying to achieve self-esteem and you can never be self-actualized. Like you have to work your way up the pyramid. So he created this concept of being at the top of the pyramid, meaning you have your, basic needs set, you've built self-esteem and now you are willing to take risks to do things that feel authentically right for you. Maybe try something, try and achieve things, but not feel like you're going to be crushed if it doesn't work. The self-actualized person can kind of look for those opportunities without feeling like, oh, but what if I fail? And I'm kind of oversimplifying that, but you can kind of, imagine how how that feels. So Brene Brown, being a researcher and a social worker, kind of picked up on that concept with her wholehearted living. She put research out and her research even shocked her, which is, I'm telling you, this is why her TED Talk went viral, because it was groundbreaking. And she was so authentic and honest when she said that her research came back about what the things are that people do who are living wholeheartedly, you know, living with their whole hearts. Um, And some of it sent her into therapy because she wasn't doing those things. So imagine you you get this information, you think you're doing life great, right? right? And and maybe not per like, oh, I'm perfect. Not that way. But you're like, I'm hardworking. I'm ethical. Yeah, all these really good things. And so certain aspects of what her research said, like, we need to let go of perfectionism. She was like, what? Like, no, no, no. I'm driven to be <laughs> pursuing perfectionism. Cause isn't that, you know, isn't that how I'm good enough and mm. and and good and worthy? And so her research is so good. And so those 10 qualities of wholehearted life that, that people that showed up in the research, there's a compatible quality that needs to be let go. So for instance, authenticity is one of the qualities that pe- that were one of the 10 for a wholehearted living. We need to be authentic. And I think anyone receiving this information is kind of knowing, I feel like these are times where we're trying to all get authentic and we do understand how important that is. Yeah. But what we need to let go of is what other people think.
1: Right. And right. That's, that's not as easy as it sounds. No, of course not. Or we'd all have already been doing it.
0: Right. So things like that um, in her, you know, 10, 10 of those qualities would a compatible thing to let go. And in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, she spends it's, – it's not a thick book, um, like 200 and some odd pages – so you can get through it easily. She spends half of that book explaining this path for herself, like how she got here and, and how she was feeling when she had the research and, and what, how she had to change some things in the way she perceived them and then to let go of the other things. And then she goes into each one of those guideposts is what she calls them, those 10 qualities, those guideposts for wholehearted living.
1: Yes. So I like, I, I have, I don't think I saw her Ted talk, but is her Ted talk about this book?
0: It's about this book. And it was her first, it first, uh, Ted talk. It went viral. It got a lot of attention. She wasn't even prepared for that kind of attention.
1: Well, that was in the second net, the one on Netflix. Now that was in that that story was in there, but I, I couldn't remember what part she said her TED talk was about. So I have to look it up,
0: and I can even send you the link too because we can put it in the on the Facebook pages follow up material. So that's that's a great idea. Um, another book that I just absolutely adore is I Can See Clearly Now by Wayne Dyer. It is his memoir. So it was written later in his life. He passed away in 2015. And when I was first introduced to Wayne Dyer and I saw he did a PBS special, I Can See Clearly Now too. So he also did like that book talk that was videotaped. And when I first heard that, so much of my life made sense. It was like a digital download in my brain, like... (gasps) And I will credit him and that material with coming up with coaching as a next step yeah. in my career.
1: So amazing.
0: Because I really wanted to get his information out in, right. on Main Street, you know, at, get it out and, and be able to share that with more people. So it led me to all his other material. And he's written like 40 books. And I didn't
1: realize a that. A
0: lot. Mm-hmm. I didn't
1: realize that. I don't have enough Audible credits. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then
0: that brings me, so I couldn't help but put his earliest book. I can see clearly now as one of his latest books because it was the memoir, him looking back on his whole life. And there are so many great coaching lessons in there, but your erroneous zones was his first book in 1976.
1: 76. Yeah. Well, I was watching uh, some... I forgot what I was watching. I know Ram Doss was one of the uh, documentaries I was watching. All my documentaries start to combine. And I forget who's doing what. But his was... You know, in the 60s and 70s. And I was like, there's a couple of nuggets of stuff there that I'm like, how is this stuff not still being talked about? Like,
0: it is in certain circles, but see, in certain circles, you see our purpose here is to get it more out. And I have to say, too, so Wayne and like Ram Das were about the same age. So, you know, writing these things, talking about these things in the 70s and your erroneous zones is still as relevant today. I highly recommend people read it. None of his examples will have cell phones in them <laughs> because it's he was written in 76. So you'll, right. you, you might pick up on some of that in the examples, like a little bit, not the examples not dated, but some of that part dated, but the book material is just as relevant today as it was back then. And back then, it went like wildfire. He was on the Dinah Shore show, and he he started to be asked to talk a lot. And it was really a risk for him to write this book. And he said he was a professor, and he wanted to get the book out. He was driven to share this information, too. So he traveled the country, bringing His books, again, very much if we think back what it was like in the 70s and how publishing would have worked and not Mm -hmm. internet, and not social media and all that, he was literally driving around the country with this book. And I'm so glad he did, because for me, it's a foundational piece. And he does, your erroneous zones is talking about some of our faulty thinking that does stress us out. And if we get clear on it, we can see it for what it is. See the thought and see through it.
1: Absolutely. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So that's two a good really ones. good
0: one. That's yeah. So Wayne Dyer, anything is something that I recommend.
1: Yeah. And I haven't read any of his stuff yet, but again, people come to me as I need them to come to me. So you are gonna... in
0: for a treat i'm i'm ready you're gonna fall in love with him he has this fatherly voice too so it's just it's actually stress relieving just to listen to him
1: talk to you does he narrate his own voice his books okay so that's what's another fun fact like when i finished gabby's book because it was her doing the narration i felt a void when she wasn't in my ear anymore Because I was listening to my headphones. I get more. I feel like it's, I feel like osmosis is like going through my ears or something. I don't, I do the same with meditations. It's not the same if I'm not listening with headphones. (laughs) So then I was walking around like something's missing. What is, what's feel? It was her voice. I missed mm-hmm. it after six hours of listening. He it.
0: was a big fan of Gabby Bernstein too. And he was very yes. good to promote her. He saw yes. the wisdom in her material and wanted her to get, he helped her get more attention. right? And so he threw his sunshine her way, which I think was awesome. And she is forever grateful. She writes about that. And One thing about Wayne Dyer, too, that I want to throw out there is there are only about a billion YouTubes of him as well. So anyone can Google that and just get started before you buy an Audible book, before you buy a a regular book of his, just can you can go watch him talk. And a lot of it's just out there free. Perfect. If it's
1: free, it's
0: for me. (laughs) Exactly, because we got a lot of material and you get, you really get hooked on this stuff. It's just wonderful. And it's good for finding your center. As I say, you get that sense of groundedness, that sense that life is more okay than not okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to realize how much I need to keep hearing this stuff over and over, like listening to the book again, just picking chapters or videos because when I fall out of it, I'm always like, something's not right. And then I come back, we do a podcast or something. I'm like, oh, I get it. Why can't it? The lesson does not stick sometimes. No,
0: we need the repetition. And I have to say the next author is is similar to Wayne. His, it's Eckhart Tolle and his Power of Now, his first book, Power of Now, is can, you know, it can feel very esoteric at first, But one, his voice is very calming to listen to. So that's a plus. Two, the material is all about the ego and higher levels of consciousness. And like Wayne, he does something that I respond very well to or at least understand. He takes from different traditions even spiritual traditions, and he pulls them together in parallel, like Lao Tzu said this, and Jesus said this, and Buddha's concept was this. And for anyone that that really appeals to, having like the parallels of different religious traditions, or spiritual traditions, finding those commonalities, they both, Wayne Dyer and Eckhart Tolle do that very well, when they're describing things and in the power of now it's done in a unique way where there's a question and answer and he's answering it but the one of the main things he is asked why don't you use the word god and he answers by saying because the word god has been so misused over the centuries and i think we can all relate to that he's talking about higher levels of consciousness and he's not not talking about god source universe the way we talk about it but he doesn't use that word per se because people have used it over centuries to say i'm right and you're wrong exactly right right makes sense so he's a great, that's a great one, but it's, sometimes it can be kind of lofty, lofty and
1: elusive. I'll admit, yes. I'll Did admit I'm, intimid, I'm intimidated by him to some degree. I, I I do listen. I have tried to listen. It it doesn't resonate for me as clearly as other people do. It doesn't make mean I discount him. I just take what I need and leave the rest so
0: and I think you nailed it this is true so when you're thinking about your reading selections there are people that speak in a more grounded way he does talk he is really a philosopher at heart and it comes across and I actually even had one client say after watching some YouTubes I shared with him he seems like an alien so (laughs) and it and the way he talks and how he's talking about higher levels of consciousness that could kind of lose someone. And, and I will say, you know, not to be daunted, I feel like that's a book that people end up reading or listening to that book at exactly mm-hmm. the right time for them. Exactly.
1: Yes. Yes. I know a couple of people who are strong pro- proponents of his and they are... They clearly take what he has said, certain things that he has said, and and live that in their lives. So I understand I'll come to some realization at some point. He also has an accent. Is he, like, German or what is he?
0: Yes. So he's German, and I think it has a Canadian twist.
1: Okay. Yeah, so sometimes I'm, like, I I have to really... um, be paying attention. I cannot be doing anything else. So that's the reason why I have not (laughs) done a lot of his stuff.
0: That's a good point, Tisha. I think it's true. His material, you really need to listen to and then rewind and then listen again and then say, what did he say? And so it does have a focus. He lives in Canada now. And I I think, I don't think many people would say that they think a German accent is calming, but I have to say, I think it's that combination (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no no offense to any German any, thing, yes, people. Yes. I have even have a friend who's German. Is it's more of like I feel like it's the combination of how he talks and maybe a Canadian part of the accent yeah. as well.
1: And it he, and he's so chill though. He's like yes. and there we're, uh... So I have Very to be chill. like I have to be alert to what I'm you know, and I have listened. I know there's a book I have of his that I've listened to. Possibly it is this one. But I have it already on Audible. So I've partially listened. But again, it didn't stick.
0: And I'm going to admit that I bought The Power of Now in 2005 after Jack passed away and started to read it and put it down because it just didn't make any sense to me Mm -hmm. and listened to it on CDs in 2014. Mm -hmm. So think about all that time. It, and then all of a sudden I, in 2014, I listened to it and it's like, (gasps) okay, I get it now. So, I mean, not all of it. Rewind, listen again. (laughs) right? That multiple times, because I think, so this was a CD player in my car and I think I did it on some long trips and I listened probably three times.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm again not opposed to doing it. I just know that I need to put the time aside, which seems to elude me on a daily basis. So hey, it'll be
0: there when you're when you're the time is right and when you're ready for it. The next one you're gonna like because you are now a huge fan of Gabby Bernstein. So one of her books to, I've read a lot of her books. Judgment Detox. I actually did as a book club. A few times, and I went to Kropalu to her workshop, and she was amazing. It was ninety degrees, and it was a July. I think twenty eighteen.
1: Why does that keep happening?
0: (laughs) It was so warm. They don't have any air conditioning there at the retreat center, and it was, but it was wonderful. And Judgment Detox is such an important book because our ego is addicted to judging. It's like we get a little jolt, a little, little buzz off it, but then we get like a little hangover
1: mm-hmm. and we
0: judge others to lift our self-esteem. So we get this little lift and then there's a sinking and we may not be conscious of it, but overall we're wired to connect and not judge each other and criticize each other. And it's hard not to, cause we're human beings and it is coming from the ego
1: Yeah, and then we have the accessibility of the uh, social media scroll where we're like, dumb, you know, whatever it is. Like, that was a stupid decision. That was this. And then you have like 700,000 judgments go through your mind in like an hour because you can't quit it. You can't stop doing it. I was not judging, but I was on the scroll last night after I... Swore I was going to go to bed at 930 because I was so wiped out. Mm-hmm. Then I was judging myself. Why are you still looking at Instagram? Why are you still doing it? Yeah, it was a whole cycle. I put the phone down and went to sleep. And that judgment, if I'm not, you know maybe subconsciously judging other people. I'm not, I'm not a saint. I mean, I do look through like, what are they thinking? You know, I just don't say it out loud. Oh yeah. We all,
0: it's so it's part of the human condition. We all do it. And what's great about her book is she takes it in six steps. So the judgment detox part, she gives you coaching materials around the topic. She gives you steps and activities to do. So it's a great, Book and I think an easy read, an easy enjoyable read with some coaching exercises around it.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I'm all over it because I need to. need to hear all the rest of them.
0: Oh, yeah, you'll you'll whip through all her books now that you loved Super Attractor. The next that I put on my list was The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Just four simple agreements. This is a short book. They're simple, but they're hard concepts to live by. And so the four agreements themselves are be impeccable with your word, don't take anything personally, don't make assumptions, and always do your best. Sounds so easy, doesn't it?
1: You'd think so. (laughs) (laughs)
0: You kind of know where I'm going with that one, so we did an off-the-shelf for that one as well, and I think it's a foundational piece and it's a great starting point for clients too. So we may be talking about things, and then I say, "Hey, you might if you might want to branch out and you want to read some books, I'll summarize them for you." But if there is something you want to read, the Four Agreements is usually one I start them with.
1: Yeah, pretty. Pretty enlightening. Again, there's a couple Zingers in there. Was that the inner roommate? I always get them confused. That was uh, Michael Singer on Tether's okay. Call was the
0: inner roommate.
1: Which was the oh, one?
0: domestication.
1: Yes. yes he
0: talks yes. about how um, in his un- introduction, he talks about how we're born and, and then we're taught. Society, parents, churches, schools, government institutions teach us how life is and that's part of our domestication, but it kind of, the goal of all that is to get all of us to conform, which is not altogether a bad thing. Obviously, we need to know the rules with which we live in society, but too much of it is not good. Mm-hmm. It ro- it can rob us of our authenticity. It can make us, you know, be in the ego. There's right, there's wrong, there's this, there's that black and white thinking, So he goes into more depth than that. But again, it's a short book. And I think too, you know, I usually as a disclaimer tell people to don't let the introduction throw you because he sounds a little philosophical and it seems a little fuzzy when you read his introduction. But then when you get to those four agreements, they actually seem so much more tangible.
1: Yeah, very very easy to read. And, um, I don't have my notes in front of me to remember exactly all the specifics of stuff, but I got a lot out of that. In fact, I know Juanita and I do this too in real life a lot. I know like, don't take anything personally. Like we, we requote those back very often. So it's something that has stuck with, um, with me especially, I know, I, I won't speak for her, but I will sort of, because she does it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, you know, she's a off, she often comes back to the don't take things personally. And I find that I, I'm, I'm going through those points myself. Always do your best.
0: Yeah, and even when I'm talking with clients or, or in organizations too, sharing with even leaders in organizations, that's an important thing for them too. They can't be operating by taking certain things personally, they have to be more objective. That's conscious leadership.
1: Yes. And the assumptions one was also highly important because I would be that person that already built a story up in my head about somebody I'm meeting about what they're thinking and all this stuff. And it's never true. And it turns out they're thinking the same stuff kind of stuff, you know, and that that really changed a lot of stuff for me, too.
0: It's a lot of wasted energy, taking things personally and making assumptions. And then you see the overthinking that we talk about is like right there. And the other two, be impeccable with your word. All that means is have integrity with your word to others, but also to yourself. Yes. Very important. Don't negative self-talk. Don't call yourself an idiot uh, because being impeccable with your word means also towards yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And and then, um, what was the last one? I just lost my thought.
1: <clears throat> always do your best. Yes.
0: So always do your best. Your best isn't the same every day. And he, and he says it right in the book. But if you just feel like you've always did your best, it's going to vary day to day, but you lean on that. And then that could keep you from, Overthinking, over ruminating on things you might have
1: made mistakes. And your best isn't the same as someone else's best. Correct. I just posted a reel on Instagram. I don't remember how it started, but the long and short of it was that we're always like comparing our behind the scenes life to somebody else's like Instagram story. So, like, we're not looking at their behind the scenes, we're looking at their the best part of what their edit was of their video, mm-hmm. right? We're not seeing the mess up, the mess ups and all that stuff. We're seeing the f- filters or, you know, and that gets me. That gets me because I'm looking at these things like, how are these people so creative? How are they doing that? I'm doing it for my own research, you know? And, and then my first thought is, I can't do that. I can't be that person. I'm like, why? Why can't I be that person? So I'm really struggling with that right now. Yeah, so you can catch yourself
0: in that thinking and that expression of don't compare your insides with someone else's outsides.
1: A thousand percent. Yes.
0: Another great book that influences coaching, I think, is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And this is a this is a story. And I remember you and I started talking about all these things, and you had read The Alchemist. Yes.
1: When but I in fairness, that. I listened to it. Yes. You but I was listening to, it. to it on my walks. So I really had a lot of time to pay attention to what was being said and visualize. I can actually remember parts of the book, like what was happening in my mind with parts of the book in where I was walking at. Right. Like it really kind of stuck with me in that way.
0: Wow. How profound. That's very interesting. Yeah. I inherited this book from my sister after she passed away. And it it's not a thick book and I'm an avid reader. And it was so weird how I couldn't, I started it and then I stopped. Guess I got distracted. And then it was a few years later, like five years later, I read it. And all of a sudden, I had this epiphany that I was reading it at the right time. It was almost like I was blocked from reading it in 2009. And in 2014, it was the right time for the message. So in 2014, it was time for the message that when you are pursuing your life's purpose, the whole world, the whole universe conspires with you.
1: Yeah, I I think you just said like a really important thing that if people are reading any of these books on your list and it's not making sense, you've already said it twice, so hopefully you've, but Mm -hmm. I don't want to gloss over it again. Mm -hmm. If you're not getting something out of it, you know, maybe put it aside. But if you were kind of guided to read it Maybe it's just not your time to read it. Or if you do read it and you're like, what is this mumbo jumbo? (laughs) Don't throw it away. You know, just don't give it to the rummage sale just yet. But like, come back and you'll be so surprised at how insightful it really is.
0: Absolutely. And another disclaimer is do not turn your lack of understanding into self-recrimination about how you're just not smart enough or you just don't get it and everybody else gets it because easily the ego could grab that as a negative talk, negative self-talk and sabotage you. No self-judgment on that it's so true. You just put it to the side. Don't give it away at the rummage sale too soon because it's going to come back to you. You're going to sit down one day, grab it off the shelf, and it's going to make perfect sense off the shelf. Off oh, mm-hmm. the shelf.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but a year ago, I would have been embarrassed to say I didn't understand Eckhart Tolle either. Right. Right. I wouldn't have told somebody that because I figure everybody else knew what was going on. But I'm slowly learning this is my mission in life is to make failure okay. Right? <laughs>
0: yeah, that's excellent. And I'm glad you're doing that too. And it's absolutely. It's not all these books could be for you, right? If someone picks it up and goes, oh, this isn't for me. It's about the human condition. All of them are. So it's more about when the right time, the right author and whose voice you resonate with. Because one of the things I can tell you is there are so many parallel themes between all of these books. Mm. So it's the wonderful thing about it is you're going to hear it the same thing over and over again from these authors and it's okay it's the stuff that needs that we need reminding it's the stuff that needs to be repetitive for us like our thinking is not who we are and the ego is our thinker and it's going to have more negative thoughts than positive thoughts like those common themes right which leads me to Wherever You Go, There You Are by John Kabat-Zinn. And this is about mindfulness. He brought mindfulness to the West as a medical doctor. He brought it from the East to help people in chronic pain actually lean into the present moment of their pain to reduce it, really, instead of the resisting. And yes. we're all probably familiar with the what we resist persists. Yes. And so mindfulness is is really accepting what is, being in the present moment, not being lost in your thoughts of the past or your worries about the future. And the nice thing about this book is it reads a little bit more like him telling you a story. And he he did also write Full Catastrophe Living, but you'll see that's an enormously thick book. Uh, so I suggest if you're interested in mindfulness, and since he is really the quintessential person talking about mindfulness, mm-hmm. is Wherever You Go, There You Are, which is even kind of a funny title if you think about it. Like, we're going to bring ourselves everywhere we go, so we might as well get clear on who that is.
1: And like them. We have to like them, too. Yes. We're stuck with
0: them. Yes. And the last one I had on, on the list was Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And this speaks so much to resilience. And Viktor Frankl was a psychologist who ended up in the Nazi concentration camps. And he was separated from his pregnant wife and his parents. And he lost all of them he did survive and get out. And his famous quote, and there are a lot of them, but in Man's Search for Meaning, he talks about the last of our human freedoms is our ability to choose our attitude. Mm. He describes how he transcended in his mind to thoughts or visualization of teaching a class because he was a psychologist, teaching maybe a university class on the psychology of what was going on in the concentration camps. Mm -hmm. And he used his imagination too to see a bowl of dirty water with a fish head in it as beauty because that was the food for the day. And he noticed that when there were rumors that there was going to be a release or that people would be freed on a certain day, all things being equal and everyone being starved and in poor condition. He saw people die when they lost hope.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And so I feel so strongly about his message is when we can find meaning that we're wired to find meaning in, and when we have to go through very difficult times we can dig really deep into that personal freedom, as he calls it, in our mind to transcend our circumstance. And I think it's a majorly untapped resource. So when I do resilience coaching and someone's got all kinds of bad stuff going on all at once, and and most people would say, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry for you right? Most people are saying, thank goodness I'm not you. My heart breaks for you. To be the voice of someone who says, gives them the clarity that they can get through and helps them with the hope and takes it one step at a time and maybe is a, a bit of a guide. Right. and And really, if we think about it, suffering is part of the human condition. So we're going to have some of it and we're going to have to navigate our way through.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a very strange feeling to rise above it. I feel like I've kind of always done that. And I, there was a guilt or like, a what, huh? Factor, you know, like, is this, is this right? But it was just naturally what I did. So I could always be a happy go lucky kind of person
0: delusional and, optimist, right? And so it's not really delusional. It's thank you. It's a <laughs> great you. coping mechanism and it's a great tool and it's a wonderful skill.
1: Yes. I remember having early conversations at the start of the podcast like wondering these things aloud. I didn't understand the words of what I was trying to say as clearly as I do now, but yeah, I I am glad that I am learning like hey yeah that is what you're supposed to do like that can absolutely help kind of uh, um kind of a sentiment that I'm getting across a lot of boards so yeah so
0: you were onto it you know people might as oh you know brushed you off and didn't see the wisdom of your transcendence (laughs) your transcendent mind did you even know you had a transcendent mind (laughs) I do
1: now thank you it's nice. It's nice though. I I wrote something down about. It. We'll have to talk about this later because my thoughts aren't all together on it, but we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. It, uh, so Victor Frankl as did we did we talk about him before or have we watched something about him because that's so familiar to me that I I have to ask the question. So we did talk
0: about him under resilience, which I think was one of our first few episodes oh, of find your center okay. because it's a favorite okay. topic of mine but right. also it's easy to confuse him and joseph campbell too because i also talk about joseph campbell and man's um not man so so victor Frankl's man's search for meaning joseph campbell is the mythologist that saw the hero's journey as an
1: outline for all myths and stories Dude, the hero's journey is surrounding me today, and we'll talk about that later. But I just saw another documentary about Joseph Campbell on TV, and I meant to I meant to ask you about it, and I don't remember what the name of it is. So,
0: oh, he there's a couple, and it might have been Joe. Oh, Finding Joe. Yes, yes. Oh, I'm familiar with that. I've watched it. I've suggested people watch it, and I think you and I should do a slightly unmeditated episode on that.
1: Perfect. I'm write that it down. down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're in sync Isn't that today. Crazy. Yes. Isn't that crazy. That he's also so wonderful, and so we'll have that as another documentary episode. If people want to watch Finding Joe, and uh, well, we've had such a great conversation. Thank you so much for your enthusiasm about these books and. And really even remembering them and the fact that we've done them on Off the Shelf and your wisdom in creating Off the Shelf, because it's just inspired me to even want to talk more about books.
1: It was all you because you're the one that said Off the Shelf just like randomly that day. That was, it was kismet. It was supposed to happen. So it was perfect.
0: <laughs> Great meeting of the minds. Oh, Thank you so, so much. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, we hope you're feeling a bit more centered, or at least you know material that could get you there, potentially. We'll be back next Tuesday with another episode of Find Your Center. You can reach out to me at kperone at center 4 or connect with us at the Slightly Unmeditated Facebook or Instagram page, or email us at goodvibes at slightlyonmeditated.com. We'd love to use your coaching questions too, or any book suggestions too from this podcast. Please, please send your thoughts. That's all for today. I'm Kim Perone, helping you to find your center. Each time you do, you build a better world. My heart is full. Thank you for listening. I look forward to connecting with you again. Until next time, I wish you clarity, compassion, and contentment.